Parents, we are excited to share that Lingo Kids podcasts are now available on Story Button, the stylish audio player for kids, where they can listen to our podcasts and more without having to use a parent's phone or tablet. Connect the player to Wi-Fi and stream all of our newest episodes and listen to your other favorite kid podcasts. Use the code LINGOKIDS to save $10 off your purchase at storybutton.com. Visit their website to learn more. Hi, Lingo Kids listeners. I'm glad you made it here to the second part of our reading books episode. Are you ready to find out what happens next to the little bird, the barking kookaburra? I can't wait to hear it. Let's continue the story. And if you missed the previous episode, you can always go back and play it first. Ready? Yes! Yay! Yes! A rumor spreading through the valley of Tantraboo said that dogs cannot laugh. It said dogs can only bark. However, Steltzer, Ajax and Hoover would suggest that dogs were able to laugh. After all, they did it themselves every now and then, and so did Buddha. This was proof enough that cats also can have a good chuckle. Buddha actually knew the art of laughing back to front. Teaching pirate was his calling. He was very serious about it. Pirate's first lesson shall be at dusk. At the fence next to the gum tree, he said, and ordered Ajax, Hoover and Steltzer to set up the classroom. Pirate could hardly wait. Going to school must be a lot of fun, he thought. He was very excited and followed the dogs all around the farmhouse, bombarding them with endless questions. When does school start? Is it time yet? What is the teacher like? Can I get a school bag? What are you doing? We are collecting blankets for the classroom. Where is the school? Will the teachers be nice? I'll have to drag my blanket back to the classroom. Will I go to school every day? Will you come too? When is school? Is it time yet? What are you doing? I am concentrating, mate. Buddha answered, sitting on the fence post. Do not disturb me. Under his watchful eye, Ajax, Hoover and Steltzer placed one blanket in the middle and the remaining four around it in a half circle. These are the chairs. And now, we need desks. He ordered Ajax, Hoover and Steltzer to roll up four big logs and one small log from behind the shed. That took them a while. The logs were heavy. Will I make friends at school? Will I get my school bag? Can I have sweets in my lunchbox? When is school? What are you doing? Having a break for dog snout's sake. Hoover answered, panting and throwing himself onto the ground under the fence. You could hear in his voice that he was begging Pirate to shut up. Under Buddha's instruction, Ajax and Steltzer set up one log on each blanket. Buddha walked around them a few times with his stern eyes, asking for adjustments here and there. Eventually, at dusk, long after the sun had set, everybody was allowed to take a seat behind a log. 
Buddha, of course, sat in the middle. Welcome to my classroom, mates. Uh, students. Good evening, Mr. Teacher. This is the time of the day when kookaburras sit in the treetops and raise a wild chorus of rolling, raucous and crazy laughter. Now, who of you students knows that distinct kookaburra laughter that sends a shiver down your spine if you happen to find yourself stuck in the bush at dusk and don't know what on earth you are hearing? I do. Ajax quickly said. Woof, woof. Get out of here. Hoover interrupted. It goes like this. Bow, wow. No, no, no. Listen to this. Ruff, ruff. All three looked at Buddha, wagging their tails and waiting for his appraisal of who did the best kookaburra laugh. Buddha, though, had pressed his paws against his ears and was rolling his eyes. I see. You still have a lot to learn. Anyway, that's what you're here for. Well, first of all, in order to have a good belly laugh, the laughter needs to come from the bottom of your belly. Buddha was a strict teacher. Nobody was allowed to smack, to lick their bums, or have their tongues hanging out. And nobody was allowed to stick their beak into their plumage. Everybody had to sit still, Pirate was very happy to obey his rules. He was proud to be a student and keen to be a good one. He paid great attention to Buddha's demonstration of how to breathe in the air, how to push it down the belly, how to squeeze it out again and attach a sound to it. They all had to practice it over and over again, and every time it sounded like a bunch of crazy dogs going mad. Woof! Eventually, Buddha asked Pirate to step forward. I can't hear you, mate. The blooming dogs are too loud. He ordered them to keep quiet and asked Pirate to show him what he had learnt. Pirate spread his wings and took a deep breath. He took in a huge amount of air until his cheeks blew up and looked like fully blown balloons ready to burst. With all his might, he pressed the air down his stomach, waited for a heartbeat, squeezed the air back through his throat and shouted, Ruff, ruff! Everybody fell silent. Ajax froze, Hoover pricked his ears, Buddha dropped his jaw. Holy fishbone. He's barking. I mean, he's laughing. Steltzer had a tear in her eyes. Oh, that's my baby. Pirate was stunned too. He expected to laugh like a kookaburra, but now he barked like a dog. He tried again, breathed in, pushed the air down, squeezed it back, and out came again... Woof, woof! Wonderful. Buddha said, proudly raising his tail. Mission accomplished. There was a lot of cheering and even dancing going on for the rest of the evening. Everybody had a ball. They told each other jokes and did funny things and laughed their heads off. 
pirate was unstoppable. He was eager to refine his barking. Ajax taught him how to yelp. Hoover howled for all it was worth, and Pirate copied him with ease. Only the growling proved to be difficult. He tried hard, but every time it was nothing more than a bubbling sound or a gurgle in his throat. Not quite right, Hoover said. That wouldn't even scare a fly. Steltzer suggested he needed to practice more and encouraged Pirate to concentrate on the barking for now. She told another joke and made everybody laugh and bark again. Even late at night, once Pirate was curled up with Steltzer on the couch half asleep, he every now and then let out a soft woof, 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 woof. Steltzer woke up every time but quickly drifted back to sleep with a happy smile on her face. Only Buddha got a bit funny with Pirate. At one stage, he yelled down from the rooftop, Hey, mate! Are you trying to shoo away the stars or what? The next morning, just before the sun rose, Pirate jumped out of bed. The dogs and Buddha were still asleep, exhausted from last night's party. Pirate went back to the classroom straight away. He sat down at his desk and practised barking. Woof, 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 woof. It went quite well. It sounded as if it came out of a dog's throat. Admittedly, a tiny dog... But it didn't matter. Pirate was happy and relieved that he'd finally got rid of the wimpy, screechy squeak the kid kookaburras had teased him about. Now he could laugh like a real dog. Would the kookaburras be pleased about it, he asked himself. What if they still made fun of him? Pirate started to worry that they might push him over again. Now he wished that he was a real dog. A huge, strong and frightening dog that growls at them and gets them terribly scared. Suddenly, Pirate had an idea. Next time, when the kookaburras teased him, he would be growling at them. He started practising. It was not a scary growl yet. It still sounded as if millions of tiny bubbles were whirling round his throat. Not even the tiniest fly would be scared by it. Well, 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 a voice said all of a sudden. Pirate turned round. Right in front of him was Tiger the Snake. Do you have a sore throat? No. Why do you gurgle then? I'm not gurgling, I'm growling. There was a big grin on Tiger's face. She drew herself up 
until her head was high enough to stare into Pirate's eyes. Ooh, I'm so scared. You are the most frightening kookaburra I have ever come across. Or should I say, dog? Without a sound, her long body glided slowly around Pirate, while her head seemed to stay in the same place. Her silky black eyes grew bigger and started to suck Pirate in like a vacuum cleaner. I can't play with you now. I'm at school, in the classroom, in the middle of a lesson. Tiger's head started to sway. Nonsense. This is not the right school for you. Come with me. Come to my pirate school. A pirate school? Pirate could not help himself. His body followed Tiger's movements. Is it a real pirate school for pirates? I can't go to the pirate school. Not now. I need to practice growling, but... He could hardly open his beak, and he could no longer move. Captured by Tiger's black and bottomless eyes, his desire to fall into them grew bigger and bigger. Come with me. Tiger repeated in the most soft and soothing voice. But Pirate's urge to practice his growling was bigger than any other feeling, and he was a bit annoyed too, if not angry, that Tiger tried to pull him away from the classroom. With all his might, he opened his beak and started to growl at her, wanting to shoo her away, but all that came out was... But funnily enough, it seemed to work. Tiger got a fright. Her jaw dropped. Her eyes wide open, now branded by sheer pain, she let out a silent scream. At the same time, a little kookaburra shouted, I've got her! Tiger's tail was lodged in his beak. Before she was even able to yell at him, he pulled her up straight into the air. Bring her up here! The kid kookaburras shouted, sitting in the gum tree. The little kookaburra feverishly flapped his wings, slowly gaining height like an overloaded helicopter. Tiger was wriggling and writhing like a worm pierced on a hook. Finally, she regained her voice and shouted, Let go, you stupid little... Get her up here! The kid kookaburras in the tree cheered him on. The little kookaburra said, and before the other kookaburras could rush to his aid, he let go of Tiger. She shot back to the ground and landed in front of Pirate. I'll get you one day. Everywhere you go, everything you do, I'll be watching you. I'll be following you. That's my promise. Like a stray bullet, she whizzed past Pirate, around the logs of the classroom, and escaped into the high grass. Why didn't you catch her? scolded the kookaburras. Pirate was confused. He had no idea what the kookaburras were on about. But he understood that in their eyes he had done something wrong. That was most unfortunate. 
Of course, now they really had good reason to be angry with him and punish him. That's what kookaburras do, the big kookaburra said. We catch snakes, we grab their tails, pull them up and drop them onto a rock. But how would you know? You are only a stupid parrot. He slowly walked around Pirate. His anger showed that he was thinking of some form of punishment. You owe us, you know. You owe us, Big. I can laugh now. Can you? I learnt it yesterday. Well, why don't you show us? Tell him a joke. Yes, tell him the joke about the sick bird. That'll make him laugh. It's the best joke ever. Here we go. Listen. What do you give a sick bird? I'm not sure. Treatment. An unbearable silence filled the air. Pirate liked the joke. He thought it was a funny one, and he would have laughed about it at any other time. But now he was scared. Still, he must laugh. He breathed in and instantly squeezed the air out again. It was not a laugh coming from the bottom of his stomach as Buddha had taught him. It was a hollow laugh forced out of his frightened heart. So it sounded like nothing more than an ordinary bark. Woof, woof. The kookaburras looked at him in surprise. He is barking. He is barking like a dog. What else can you do? Can you lift your leg and pee? Can you lick your bottom? Can you growl? Yes, I can. The kookaburras burst into laughter. He's a dog with a sore throat! No, he's not a dog and he's not a bird. He can only be a, a bird or a bog. Hang on, I know what he is. He's a kookaburra! I'm not a kookaburra. I'm a kookaburra. Prove it to us. Prove to us that you are a bird. Spread your wings and fly. We have not seen you flying yet. You're always walking on the ground. You don't know how to fly, do you? Through the thick tears, Pirate glanced at the farmhouse. He wished Steltzer would wake up and rescue him, but she was sound asleep on her couch, and there was no sign of either Ajax or Hoover. He closed his eyes, wishing the naughty kookaburras would simply disappear. The kookaburras stuck their heads together. Pirate heard them whispering, but could not understand a word they said. Every now and then, one kookaburra turned its head towards him and chuckled. Finally, the big one said, We will teach you flying. Really? Pirate opened his eyes. You will fly faster than a rocket to the moon. Hold on to my back. I'll take you up the gum tree.
pirate's knees were trembling as the kookaburras jostled him to the very tip of the highest branch. Wow! The big one said, the expression in his face becoming very serious. It's easy once you're up in the air. All you do is keep your balance and you'll be right. The most important thing, though, is the takeoff. Pay attention! You must do what I tell you. Pirate tried hard to hide his fear. He didn't want the kookaburras to see how scared he was. Put the tip of your right wing in your beak, said the big one. Pirate did so. And now, put your left foot in your beak. Pirate looked stupid as he now tried to keep his balance with a wing and a foot in his beak. He was just about to topple over when all of a sudden the big one gave him a push. Enjoy your flight! All the kookaburras screamed and squealed and cheered as Pirate fell like a heavy rock towards the ground far underneath him. He screamed, helplessly flapping his wings, his legs desperately kicking the air. Alarmed by his cry, Stelzer came running, barking furiously at the kookaburras. Leave him alone. He's still a baby. He can't defend himself. Shame on you. Watch out or he'll land on your snout. Stelzer ran as fast as an old dog could run. Pirate, don't fret. I'll help you. I've got him shouted Ajax suddenly from behind. Like a spring, he jumped onto Steltzer's back and catapulted himself in a giant leap into the air towards Pirate. Just as gravity began to force him back to the ground, he grabbed Pirate as if catching a flying ball. Holding him firmly but carefully between his teeth, he came back on his hind legs, then on his front legs, making sure Pirate had a soft landing and wouldn't get hurt. The kookaburras in the tree had stopped their laughter and watched in amazement. Count yourself lucky that nothing happened to Pirate, Steltzer barked at them. Now get out of my sight. Those kookaburras don't like me, Pirate said to Steltzer. He pressed his body hard against Steltzer's chest, as if he was trying to hide between the short hairs of her coat. He didn't see himself any longer as the world's most dreaded pirate. His fantasy pirate ship, or schooner as Buddha would correct him, had sunk to the bottom of the sea. It lay on its side in the murky sediment of the ocean floor, broken in half. Pirate felt lost. Without the ship, he was not a real pirate anymore. And without being able to fly, he was not even a real bird. Steltzer drew her front legs closer together, gently squeezing Pirate. They're just silly. They think they're better and stronger than any other kookaburra. But they're not. They're no different to you. They're like you. They need to eat when they're hungry and they need to do a poo and a wee and they have to go to bed when it's dark. 
They do all the things you do. They're like you. No less and no more. That's not true. They can fly. I can't. Remember this, mate. A bully puts you down to make you feel lousy so he can feel great. Again, Pirate didn't understand Buddha's words of wisdom. He could still hear the kookaburras laughing at him. Again and again he saw himself falling out of the tree. That picture made him cringe. Buddha, Hoover and Ajax watched Pirate burying his head further into Steltz's chest. Hoover nudged Ajax and whispered, He is putting himself down. That only makes him more miserable. I know. Steltza lifted her head. She was at a loss too. She caught Buddha's, Hoover's and Ajax's eyes, silently asking them for help. But they all shrugged their shoulders Eventually, Buddha stood up. He placed himself between the couch and the two dogs. Raising his tail, he said in a solemnly serious voice, like a king to his citizens, I guess it is time to go back to school, mate. We will teach you flying. Hear, hear, hear. Pirate was on the brink of crying his eyes out as he sat for the umpteenth time on his log in the classroom, flapping his tired wings. Jump! Jump! Jump now! Jump now! The dogs encouraged him. But like the numerous times before, Pirate plummeted straight to the ground like a skydiver without a parachute. What do I do now? Jump! Jump! Jump now! Jump now! Pirate jumped, or rather, he let himself fall off the log, and again landed on his bottom. This is getting us nowhere, said Steltzer. Follow me. And bolted down the paddock, holding up her nose. The headwind picked up her ears and threw them around in big sloppy waves. was running behind, trying to catch up, his wings stretched away from his body, stiff and straight. He could hear the sound of Steltz's ears slapping against her head, like a wet mop hitting the floor. Steltzer looked back at Pirate, still shouting, Up and down! Up and down! She didn't see the bale of hay lying in her path. Buddha's call to watch out came too late. She banged against it head-on with such force that she flew head over heels. She finally landed on her back, looking at the world from upside down. She watched in awe as Pirate ran towards her, his beak wide open, letting out a long and frantic scream.
moment later, he crashed into her. Ouch! Pirate sat on the backyard fence all by himself, his aching wings drooping. I will never fly. Like his wings, his head too was hanging down. He thought he had disappointed his friends because he had failed to fly. They don't like me anymore. Who wants to be my friend anyway? A wall of black clouds slowly rose from behind the hills. Thunder, dull and heavy, rolled down the valley of Tantrabu, spilling into every corner. It made Pirate flinch. For the first time, he wondered where he came from. Somehow, it didn't make sense to him that Steltzer was his mother or grandmother. She didn't look like a bird. Actually, she was not a bird. Most definitely not a kookaburra. She was a dog. Pirate asked himself why he lived with dogs and a cat. No other bird did that. They all lived together with other birds. He did not. He was different, strange, weird. No wonder the kid kookaburras teased and bullied him. The clouds in the sky grew bigger. They had already swallowed the sun. Their tops were towering high up into the air and looked like a bunch of cauliflower burnt black in a hot oven. Lightning flared up, followed by monstrous thunder. Pirate cringed, and as he closed his eyes, he saw a picture of a huge gum tree. He knew the tree, had seen it before. It was not the gum tree in the backyard. It was another one. He opened his eyes and the picture was gone. More lightning and then more trembling thunder made him flinch. He closed his eyes and there again was the picture of the gum tree. There was a hole in the trunk. It looked like an entrance to a cave. Next door to the hole was a sign. It said, no laughing. Pirate knew the sign. He had seen it so many times before. Suddenly, it all made sense. Pirate recognised the tree and the hole. It was the entrance to his home, to his nest. He lived there. He recognised the sign. His father had put it up because he did not like laughing. Only silly kookaburras laugh, he used to say. That was the reason why Pirate could not laugh. His father never taught him. Pirate remembered Buddha's words after the dogs had found him in the vegetable patch. Buddha had said that Pirate had lost his memory. Back then, 
pirate didn't understand what Buddha was talking about, but now he did. This picture in his head was his lost memory. He had found it again. With more monstrous thunder rolling down the valley, Pirate could now see both his father and his mother. Mum? Daddy? He shouted. But neither answered his call. The picture started to move, and it was as if Pirate was now watching a movie, a movie with himself in it. His father flew away, going to work, and his mother flew away too, going to a paddock looking for food. Pirate had to stay back. He sat down in front of the entrance. He was all alone and sad. All of a sudden, the wind carried kookaburra laughter coming from a gum tree next door. There, the neighbours were playing a funny game. The parents were tickling their children, making them squeal and bawl. Can I play with you? Pirate called out to them. I want to laugh too. But the kookaburras didn't hear him. Their tremendous laughter drowned his call. He hopped along the branch and called again. Can I please play with you? I want to laugh too. I want to laugh too. I want to laugh too. But no one heard him. He hopped further to the very end of the branch. In the meantime, the wind had become stronger and whipped through the tree, shaking branches and plucking leaves. Pirate tightened his grip. Suddenly the sky opened up. Rain was pelting down like a waterfall. Lightning was shooting out of the black clouds, followed by deafening thunder. The wind grew into a tornado. Its mighty force broke off the branch Pirate was sitting on and took him with it. The tornado whirled over the treetops, over the hill and down the paddocks. Pirate was spun around with dizzying speed. The roaring and the thunder deafening his ears and the lightning blinding his eyes. But then, as if the tornado was tired of carrying him any further, it spat him out. Pirate shot towards the ground beneath him, straight into a vegetable garden, where he landed on his head. He looked around, soaked, his feathers pointing away from his shivering body like crooked needles. He found himself standing between the lettuce and the carrots. Steltzer, Ajax, Hoover and Buddha were staring at him. We were worried that you'd got lost in the thunderstorm. Where have you been? It's like the day we found you. It is. On that day, there was a thunderstorm too. You stood in the exact same spot. Hang on, mate, hang on. Do not confuse him any longer. This could be the famous, long-awaited bang on his head. Buddha looked pirate in the eyes. Let me ask you, mate. Where do you come from? Pirate pointed at the fence. 
From there, I guess. Let me ask you again, mate. Where do you really come from? Pirate shook his body. He now remembered. From home. I come from home. I know where I live. He's found his memory. He's got it back. Everybody was jumping up and down with joy. Even Buddha could not help himself and danced a pirouette like a ballet dancer. Only Steltzer sat silently on the side. She realised that the day she had dreaded more and more had finally come. The day when Pirate remembered where he belonged and wanted to go home. Late at night, when Pirate was finally asleep, everyone sat together with stern faces. Pirate had described the exact way the tornado had carried him. It was easy to figure out where his home was. It's up in the north. A gorge, a paddock and a hill away from here. It's a long way. We will have to walk him home. I'll go with him. Don't forget, you're an old dog, mate. Shouldn't we all come? No. He's my baby, and it's my duty to get him home. But we are his friends. I'll do it tomorrow, by myself. You stay back. It's just Pirate and me. Pirate sat comfortably on Steltzer's neck, his claws firmly wrapped around her collar. Steltzer carefully waded through the high bracken down the steep slope to the bottom of the gorge. At the big pond, she stopped for a drink. The whole time, Pirate was staring back at the top of the gorge. What are you looking at? Nothing, said Pirate quickly, but he was lying. Actually, he was keeping a secret he shared with Buddha, Ajax and Hoover. Back at the farmhouse, they had promised him, behind Steltzer's back, to follow in secret. Somewhere on the way, they would come out of hiding. We'll walk the rest of the way with you, mate, whether Steltzer likes it or not. After all... We are family. We have to stick together. Once Steltzer had satisfied her thirst, she slowly made her way up the cliff on the opposite side of the gorge. At the top and out of the cooling shade, she stopped again, looking in awe at what lay in front of her. This is the paddock. I remember it. The tornado carried me all the way across from that big boulder over there. Since dogs do not have the best eyesight, Steltzer could only recognise a black dot in the far distance. The very end of the paddock seemed to melt together with the sky. She took a deep breath and continued on. The grass was high and prickly, its tallest tips towering over Steltzer's neck. Pirate spread his wings and felt the stroking of the grass tips under his feathers. 
They tickled. He imagined it was the wind stroking his wings while he was flying. Every now and then, Steltzer stopped and looked back, pricking her ears. What are you looking at? Oh, I'm just checking that everything's all right. Steltzer continued walking very slowly, as if trying not to break the long grass. She carefully put one paw in front of the other. After a few steps, she stopped and looked back, again pricking her ears. This time, she was sniffing the air too. What are you sniffing at? Is someone following us? Oh, no nonsense. Nobody is following us. But Pirate became excited all of a sudden. He let go of Steltzer's collar and hopped to the very end of her back. It's him. It's Ajax. I know it. He's followed us. He wants to come with us. Better not. I told him to stay back and guard the farmhouse. Then it's Hoover. <laughs> He'd never walk that far. Then it's Buddha. Oh, he hates long walks. But they promised. Oh? What did they promise? Nothing. Anyway, then it could only be Tiger. How do you know Tiger? I met her in the backyard. She said she follows me wherever I go. She wants to play with me. Steltzer ordered Pirate to hop off and sit down in front of her. She started to tell him off, like furious mothers do with their naughty children. Never, ever play with Tiger. She is a vicious snake. She's dangerous. She only pretends to play with you. She actually chases you. She hypnotises you. She takes away your will until you can't move anymore. Not even your little claws. And then she bites you. She poisons you with her long teeth. And soon after, you will die. How soon? Three hours. That's very soon. After he had promised to never play with a snake, especially Tiger, he climbed back onto Steltzer's neck. She continued to walk under the hot sun through the vast paddock, the boulder still far away. Her tongue was hanging out, nearly touching the ground. She was panting so loudly and heavily that Pirate could not hear the flies buzzing around his head anymore. When she again stopped walking and looked back to sniff the air, Pirate started to worry. I'm scared. Is Tiger following us? Nobody is following us. I'm only making sure that no other snake is nearby. Snakes like to be in the high grass. It protects them from their enemies because they can't be seen. That's why I walk slowly. That way... I won't step on one by accident. After many more stops, they finally reached the boulder. Steltzer was exhausted. Oh, the heat is killing me. We need a rest. On the other side of the boulder, Steltzer lay down in a shady spot, squeezing her exhausted body against the cool rock. She told Pirate to stay on her neck, but she had hardly finished her sentence before she fell asleep in an instant. 
Pirate closed his eyes and tried to sleep too, but he was not tired enough. He decided to stretch his legs and explore the boulder. He hopped to the other side and saw a mouse rushing into the high grass. Wait for me. Don't run away. Let's play. He rushed into the high grass too, but quickly lost sight of the mouse. Where are you? There was a rustle coming from behind a thick bundle. Pirate was convinced that the mouse was hiding. Let's play hide and seek. I have to find you. Slowly and carefully, like Steltzer did in the paddock, he put one foot in front of the other. After a couple of steps, he was close enough and jumped behind the bundle. I've got you! He cheered, but stopped short as he found himself standing right in front of Tiger. His heart fell all the way down to his knees. I've got you. Hide and seek is my favourite game. I'm very good at it. Stelter said that you only pretend to, to play. Pirate started, staring into her black and bottomless eyes. Stelter said that you are vicious. And dangerous, I know. She slid around Pirate, twice, fast and without a sound. Now he was trapped. This time you won't escape from me. I suppose you know what is going to happen to the naughty little kookaburra that you are. Stelzer said that you have poisonous teeth. Well, well, well. You paid attention to her lecture. You are a good student. What else did Stelzer say? That your poison will kill within three hours. Oh, how right she is. But she didn't tell you that you will die a slow and painful death. Please don't bite me. Oh, don't worry. I won't let you suffer. I'll be fast. I am going to swallow you in one piece. She hissed and ripped her mouth wide open. Pirate stared in awe at the two long and pointy teeth. He was frightened and screamed, or rather barked, as loud as he could. Ruff, 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 ruff. Tiger stopped short. What the holy snake was that? She was puzzled, ogling at Pirate as if she could not figure out who or what he was. Pirate jumped at the chance and started running. <laughs> staggered through the thick grass and barked and peeked and screamed at the same time. Help! Tiger chased after him. She snapped at him again and again, wanting to bite him. Help! Stop! Freeze! You want to Pirate ran for his life, out of the high grass, around the boulder, to the shady spot where Stelzer lay. Stelzer, help! Stelzer was already up on her legs. Hide behind me she told Pirate, and jumped forward into Tiger's path. But before she could bark at her, Tiger sunk her teeth into her paw. Steltzer fell onto her back, yelping and throwing her legs around. Tiger held on for a while, wiggling and swirling her long body as if she was a worm pierced on a fishing hook. Eventually she let go and was catapulted through the air. She plunged into the paddock where she disappeared in the high grass. She bit you! Tiger bit you! Steltzer lay flat on her side, gasping for air. 
The deep wrinkles on her forehead showed that she was in tremendous pain. Don't die, please, Delta, don't die. You must, you must be brave now, pirate. I, I, I must keep still. I, I have to stay here. Go, go back to the farmhouse. Go and get help. No, Stelja, I'm not leaving you alone. Please don't die. Go now. Run. Pirate was running through the paddock along the track they had left in the grass on their way to the boulder. His eyes were filled with tears. Everything in front of him was blurred. A long journey lay ahead of him. He needed to run faster. Stelzer will die within three hours. How long will it take him to get to the farmhouse? Will he make it in time? Faster, he told himself. Faster. Every minute counted. Please, please let me fly. He prayed, pushing his body off the ground while he was running. And as he spread his wings, he lifted off as if an invisible hand had picked him up. He was now gliding in a smooth line, feeling the tips of the grass stems stroking his wings. But all of a sudden, he started to drift. He lost his balance as he tried to flap his wings, and he was starting to tilt, slowly at first, from left to right and back again. But suddenly he toppled and eventually spiralled out of control. Like a deflated balloon gone wild, he plunged into the grass. To his surprise, he landed right between Buddha, Ajax and Hoover. You're here. I knew you'd come. Well, we stick to our promise, mate. We told you that we would follow. Stelza, we must help her. She's going to die. She was bitten by a tiger. Where is she? Back there at the boulder. You could see the shock in Ajax and Hoover's face. Buddha kept his cool, though, and told everybody what to do. We must take her to the hospital. Ajax, you are the fastest runner. Go back to the farmhouse and get the master with his ute. In the meantime... Hoover and I will go to Stelzer. She needs us to comfort her. Pirate, you find the kid kookaburras. We need their help. The kookaburras must find Tiger. The veterinarian at the hospital needs to know what kind of snake she is. This is very important. This is crucial. Only then can he give Stelzer the right treatment, the right antivenom. But the kookaburras... They must deliver Tiger to the hospital. The faster the better. The kookaburras know where it is. Everybody, do it now! Ajax had already run off. Buddha and Hoover rushed towards the boulder. Only Pirate stood back. He was confused. He was frightened to look for the kookaburras. How could he ask them for help? What if they bullied him again? Buddha looked back and yelled at Pirate. You can do it! I know you can do it! Go! Now! Run!
Every minute and every action counted in order to save Steltz's life. Buddha and Hoover were finally with her. Her pain had eased, but she was now complaining about being very weak and short of breath. Hoover managed to pull her back into the shady spot. Buddha had chewed off a bunch of grass. With his mouth, he firmly wrapped the long stems around Steltz's ankle, above the spot where she was bitten. It will slow down the blood flow. We have to make sure the poison is not running into your heart. Ajax was back at the farmhouse. He scratched at the door and barked until Steltz's master stepped out, wondering what was going on. Ajax kept making a fuss. He ran to the ute and back to the door and back to the ute, yelping and barking. Bloody awful, he actually was saying. Don't you get it? Hop into your bloody ute and follow me. Hurry up! Steltz's master eventually understood. He followed Ajax, who ran ahead as fast as a whirlwind to the boulder in the paddock. Pirate was less fortunate. He still had doubts about looking for the kookaburras. He was afraid of their nastiness. At the same time, he was devastated about Steltz's snake bite. He feared she would die. The tears in his eyes were the result of all of his worries. Because of them, he could not see a thing. No wonder he didn't realise that he was approaching the end of the paddock. As he felt the rocky ground under his claws, it was too late. He shot over the top of the cliff. He fell down the gorge, and with a big splash like an explosion, he hit the icy cold water of the pool. His body froze. He could not move and went under. He sank down to the bottom of the pool into a silent darkness. Strange pictures popped up in his head. He saw Steltzer sleeping next to the boulder, but it was not the one he had left her at. It was the whistler. It still had the stick in its pointy mouth. It was flicking like the tongue of a snake. The mouth grew bigger, so too did the stick, while the whole head was swaying. Suddenly, the boulder opened its mouth, revealing two giant pointy teeth. With a big roar, it went down on Steltzer. No! Pirate shouted. Steltzer must not die! Trillions of air bubbles flowed out of his beak. As he tried to breathe in, he swallowed a bucket load of water. It threatened to suffocate and kill him. But Pirate refused to die. He needed to live. He had to help Steltzer. Steltzer would not survive if he did not find the kookaburras. He had to convince them to help him, whether they bullied him or not. It didn't matter. It was Steltzer who mattered now. With all his might, he wriggled and jiggled his whole body. The claws, the legs, the wings, the head, and pushed himself back to the surface. Coughing and spluttering, he crawled onto the bank where he collapsed. It's that stupid parrot again. Pirate looked up. The kid kookaburras were gathering around him. They had flown by when they heard the splash and wondered what had happened. He smells like a wet dog. I think he wants to become a fish now. Yeah, a stinky dead fish. 
Let's throw him back into the water! Pirate cringed. Not because he was frightened by the naughty kookaburras. He cringed because he felt a tickling in his chest. A very angry tickling. It grew bigger and turned into a hammering. Weighty iron plates were banging against each other, stronger, faster and louder, until Pirate feared his heart was going to explode. He jumped onto his feet and spread his wings wider than ever. He had had enough of the kookaburra's silly talk. His anger was throbbing in every fibre of his body. He now stood tall and strong, ready to fight the enemy with all his might. Soaked, the wet feathers pointing away from his trembling body like sharp knives, he screamed at the kookaburras. I'm not a parrot. I'm not a fish. I am pirate. I am a kookaburra. Then he growled. <laughs> then he barked. Uff, 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 uff. And growled again. <laughs> the kookaburras took a step backwards. Pirate, a step forward. Stelta got bitten by Tiger. We must help her. We must find Tiger and deliver her to the hospital. The veterinarian needs her for the anti-venom. Otherwise, Stelta will die. You must help me now. <laughs> the kookaburras looked at Pirate in astonishment. The little one hid behind the big one. Eventually, he said, I saw Tiger just before. Up there. At the top of the gorge. Let's go and get her now. Without hesitation and without a word, the kookaburras took off, flying towards the top of the cliff. Hey, wait for me, Pirate said, flapping his soaked heavy wings. But the kookaburras didn't hear him, and Pirate had to climb all the way back through the narrow and steep path to the top of the cliff. Up there, he could hear the kookaburras yelling. There she is! Get her! The three of you! To the right! The others! To the left! I'll take her from behind! I'll take her from the front! We'll take her in the middle! Everybody! Get her now! The kookaburras had formed a row and lunged at Tiger all at once. Their claws tightened around her skinny body. They sat on Tiger like birds do on a perch. Their weight pushed her down into the ground. She was trapped. She had no hope of escape, was not able to move an inch. The little kookaburra gave her a whack on her head. Ouch! Will you stop that at once? You're hurting me, little pest. To the hospital! Pirate commanded, jumping onto the snake between two kookaburras. With Tiger in their claws, they lifted off. The wind was blowing into Pirate's face, and he had already dried off his feathers. Looking down, he felt dizzy, but the wonder of what he saw was far greater than any fear or worry. His eyes could see and grasp everything at once. The world underneath him had shrunk into one big playground, scattered with trees, houses, boulders and sheep, as little as tiny toys. Pirate felt like a giant, 
like a fearless giant bird circling the sky. Up here, he was strong and safe. His claws firmly wrapped around Tiger's body, he now watched how the kookaburras flapped their wings. He copied their moves, was sometimes a bit slow, sometimes too fast. But soon, he caught up with the rhythm. He pushed up his wings and held them still for a split second before he forcefully pulled them down again. You can fly, said the big kookaburra. Like a real kookaburra. Yes, pirate could fly at last. What for? For helping me. It's all right. That's what friends are for. I am sorry. What for? For teasing you. It's all right. After all, we are friends. On the other side of a hill, where the village with the hospital was, the kookaburras and pirate set their wings at an angle. They quickly lost height and now drifted down in a smooth circle towards the hospital. There they are! Pirate shouted. He could see Ajax, Hoover and Buddha looking through an open window. After a swift dive, the kookaburras flew over their heads straight through the window into the veterinarian surgery. There, they dropped Tiger on a table. Buddha, Ajax and Hoover were all making a fuss at the same time. They barked, yelped and meowed until the veterinarian and Steltz's master came running. Bloody offal and bloody fishbone! They were actually saying, Don't you get it? She's the snake who bit Steltzer! Hurry up! The veterinarian and Steltzer's master eventually understood. What happened after, no one could witness. Steltzer was in a different room behind closed doors, and the veterinarian had shut the window. There is nothing we can do anymore, said Buddha. Let's go home. Back at the farmhouse, time seemed to have come to a standstill. Pirate was sitting in the driveway on top of the gate, waiting. Waiting for news from the hospital waiting for Steltz's master to bring her home in the ute. Ajax, Hoover and Buddha sat on the veranda. They were speaking softly, but Pirate could hear every word they were saying. What's going to happen to Tiger? Ajax wondered. Once the veterinarian had a look at her, she will end up in the zoo, said Buddha. That's good, said Hoover. There, she won't be able to bite anyone anymore. When will Steltzer be back? Hopefully soon, if everything goes well. But it doesn't look good for her. We got her to the hospital quite late. Almost too late. I hope there was time enough to give her the antivenom. Let's hope for the best. Yes, let's hope for the best. She'll be right, mate. Pirate had his eyes set on the driveway, wishing the ute would come around the corner now. 
but it took another endless hour, even a whole eternity, until it finally pulled up. Pirate ran up to the veranda, hoping to see Steltzer jumping out of the car. But she didn't. Instead, her master leaned over the passenger seat. As he turned around, he was holding Steltzer in his arms. Pirate's heart sank to the bottom of his stomach. Steltzer lay in her master's arms like a scrubby, worn-out scarecrow he once saw in a paddock. Her eyes were shut. Her head was hanging down, her ears swaying like two wet rags. Her legs were dangling in all directions while her master carried her to the veranda and gently put her down on the couch. Ajax and Hoover wagged their tails but instantly pulled them in after they had a sniff at her. That was not a good sign. Pirate held his breath. He jumped onto the couch and nudged Stelsa's snout with his head. Wake up! Stelsa, wake up! He whined. But Stelsa didn't move. Pirate dropped, leaning against her head. He could still feel the warmth of her body. Pressing his body against hers, he burst into tears. I don't want you to be dead. Please wake up. Wake up. He looked at her mouth and remembered the first time he'd snuggled up to her. Back then, he was taken by the soft skin of her lips. He had pulled them with his beak, had stretched them nearly over his head. All of a sudden, they'd flipped back with a hollow smack and Pirate himself fell backwards, landing on his bottom. Ouch! How funny that was. I don't want you to be dead, he whined again, pulling her lips softly and closing his eyes. Please don't be dead. While his tears were rolling down his beak, and dropping over Steltzer's lips, he wished back the times when he'd slept between her legs, feeling very safe. He remembered and could feel again Steltzer's gentle strokes when she licked his feathers clean. He felt Steltzer's tongue making its way up to his head. It buried him under its warm and spongy flesh. Pirate could feel and even smell the soaking trail of dog spit all over his face. Back then, he thought it was disgusting, but now he wished the licking had never ended. He would have given everything to make Steltzer alive again.
while he pressed his body harder against hers, he believed he heard a sudden giggle, and then another longer one, and a chuckle. The giggling and the chuckling both grew louder until Pirate opened one eye. He saw Buddha, Ajax and Hoover standing in front of the couch. They giggled and chuckled and at the same time pointed at something above Pirate's head. Wondering what it was, he opened the other eye and looked up. And then he saw it. Steltz's tongue, as wet as a dripping face cloth. It landed on his face with a smack like a whale's splash into the ocean. Buddha, Ajax and Hoover burst into laughter. Are we having a morning bath, mate? Babies are all the same. They don't like to be washed, said Steltzer softly and gave Pirate another big slurp with her tongue. All hell broke loose. A cheery, jolly and happy hell, though, if anything like it ever existed. Anyway, it did now. Pirate exploded with joy. He jumped up and down and all over Steltzer, picking and nudging her head and ears at the same time and constantly shouting, Steltzer, you're alive! said Pirate, and flew as fast as a rocket to the fence. Then he turned around in a whoosh and came back even faster. Hovering over her head, he yelled, Look, I can fly, I can fly! That's my baby, said Steltzer with an enormous smile on her face, reaching from one ear to the other. After near endless celebration, everybody ended up snuggling up to each other on the couch. Steltzer in the middle, Pirate between her legs. Does it still hurt? Pirate asked, looking at the bandage around Steltzer's paw. No, it doesn't. I still feel a bit weak, though. But give me another week and I'll be back on my paws. The wicked never die young, as my mother used to say. Pirate, you did a fantastic job. I couldn't believe my eyes when I saw you flying with tiger in your claws. You were very brave, but I knew that you could do it. Without your help, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. Pirate told Steltzer about his adventure with the kookaburras. He was very proud about not being scared of them anymore. They were his friends now. Oh, how did you do that? I barked and growled at them. Oof, woof, woof. Like a true dog, said Buddha, giving Steltzer a smirk. Didn't I tell you back in the gorge that whatever he learns now will one day be for his own benefit? Well, I suppose once I'm back on my paws... I should learn how to fly. And I will teach you.
The next morning, long before the first sunbeams hit the couch on the veranda, Pirate woke up. He thought someone had called his name. He tried to listen, but there was silence. Only the leaves and the gum tree were rustling in the gentle breeze. Feeling the warmth and the softness of Steltz's leg around his body, Pirate snuggled up to them and closed his eyes. He let out a sigh from deep down in his belly as he heard his name again. Pirate. Pirate looked around. Steltzer was still asleep. So were Ajax and Hoover. Their heads were resting between their paws, their eyes closed. Buddha was curled up in the corner. He too was asleep. Pirate. There was that voice again. Pirate heard it loud and clearly. He was not dreaming. It came from under the couch. Come with us. A tremor went through Pirate's body. He thought he recognised Tiger's voice. How did she get under the couch? How could she have escaped from the zoo? Quick, jump. Don't wake up the dogs. Pirate crawled to the edge. Using all his courage, he lowered his head, ready to bark and growl at Tiger and shoo her away forever. But to his surprise, it was not the snake he was facing. Under the couch, huddled in a corner and looking anxiously up to him, were his parents. Mum, Daddy! Of course, everybody woke up at once. Ajax and Hoover, assuming there was an intruder, jumped off the couch. They ran back and forth through the backyard, barking in all directions. Steltzer lifted her head and let out a deep and frightening growl. Buddha got a fright and stood frozen in the corner with an arched back and his tail raised. The birds in the bush were singing and shrieking as if they were squabbling about who woke up whom. The magpies were screeching in disgust. And even the kid kookaburras came flying. But they thought it was fun, and their laughter eventually turned the sudden clatter into a deafening racket. Amid the noise, Pirate was still shouting. Mum, Daddy, it's you! a while before everyone had calmed down. It took even longer before Pirate's parents had the heart to come out from under the couch. After Pirate had assured them that the dogs and the cat wouldn't do them any harm, they finally fell into each other's wings. We missed you so much. Pirate's mum said and covered him with kisses. How did you find me? The kid kookaburras told us. His parents answered pointing at the gum tree where the kookaburras were sitting and watching. They are my new friends. And my very best friends are Stelzer, Buddha, Ajax and Hoover. Pirate's parents thanked them for looking after Pirate. Wings and paws were shaken. No worries, mate. Pirate can come back any time when he feels like a good fishy meal. Yo-ho-ho! Yo, ho. He can come back any time when he feels like a mighty pirate's party. He can come back any time when he needs us. 
will always be here for him. Since I can fly, I'll come every day and play with you all day. No, said Pirate's father with a very serious voice. That won't be necessary. Pirate was stunned at his words and very close to tears. His father laid his wings over his shoulder. Listen, son, I know we've made a lot of mistakes in the past. We've left you on your own far too often. But from now on, we will be a happy family. Your mother and I have decided to work less. That means we'll have more time for you. We will have lots of fun and we will laugh as much as we can. We kookaburras need to laugh. Actually, we must laugh. For that reason, we will move into a new home far away from the old place. How far are we going to move? We're not sure yet. Things need to be well considered, you know. But looking around in this backyard, I have to say that the gum tree in the corner over there looks pretty good to me. We might move into there. That means... It means, as I said in the beginning, it won't be necessary to visit your friends. You'll be seeing them every day, all day, because you'll be living right next to them. Woof, woof! Pirate laughed. He was now beside himself with joy. He didn't notice how astonished his parents were as they watched him jumping up and down. They obviously did not understand why their son, a kookaburra, was barking like a dog. And they were not sure either if they should be worried about it or think that it was a great achievement. Nonetheless, they were happy to have Pirate back and decided to think about his barking some other time. Come and play with us! The kid kookaburras called down from the gum tree. Pirate didn't hesitate. He spread his wings, lifted off, and flew faster than a rocket to the moon, straight into the tree. In there, the little kookaburra asked Pirate, Can you teach me barking and growling? Later. Now let's play pirates. Buddha asked Pirate's parents to sit with them on the couch. Let's have a chat, mate, as good neighbours do. Steltzer was happy too. Today, she already felt a hundred times better than yesterday. The anti-venom was working well. She could already sit up, and in a couple of weeks, she would be able to walk again. But to know that Pirate would from now on be by her side made her believe that she would become healthy even faster. Perfectly content, and with a big smile on her face, she watched Pirate and the kid kookaburras playing in the gum tree. They were chasing each other from branch to branch, plundering every ship and scaring every other pirate crossing their path. Ajax and Hoover were chasing each other on the ground around the tree. Hoover wore his food bowl on his head, pretending to be a bloodthirsty pirate. Ajax was brandishing a stick, pretending to be Captain Crook. Avast! Pirate yelled down from the tree. I spot a pirate ship. It's coming over from Bloodcrust Island. Pirates, get ready for attack. We can do it. 
a magpie came and sat down on a branch in the tree next door. For a long time, it watched with great interest what was going on. But soon, it started to shake its head in disbelief. Until Pirate shouted at him, Hey mate, your fly's open!